Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Cultured Nerd Podcast. This episode is going to be branded Gundam Zero, uh, episode 00.1, The Gundam Rises Upon the Land. We are actually going to take an episode uh, prior to our launch and just talk about how much uh, Gundam influenced us as kids, what we love about the property, and what we're excited about for the future. So uh, if you're a Gundam fan or if you've never heard of it, let's uh, have some fun. Such a snazzy little intro, right? What is, what is you cutting let me do the intro? What do you mean they don't know what Gundam is? Of course they know what Gundam no, is. No, honestly, I actually have uh, on Instagram, every time I post something about Gundam, I'm like, oh my God, look at that. Like the other day, not the other day, I, I built one of my little Gundam models and I showed it and someone's like, is that a Power Ranger? And I'm like, oh, sir, let me tell you what this is. And like, I went down a rabbit hole hardcore with this kid. Gundams are much, much cooler versions of anything in Power Rangers. If you like a Power Ranger robot, well, guess what? Now there's 25 of them, and they have multiple space battles right? all the time. Right? No. So, like, Gundam, Gundam, ironically, is, I think, the biggest the biggest irony of the Gundam medium. is that So, it's a, it's a series that started back in, like, the 70s in Japan. And, I mean, it's it's all about it, war. About right. And it's... Giant robots. it's it's a giant robot version of Star Wars. I mean, there's a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like the guy saw Star Wars and then he's like, let's do it with robots. Yeah, but the funniest thing about I, I what I love the most about Gundam is if you watch every single show, the overall story and the motive and like everything is that war is bad. And let's show you how crappy it is. And like, it's such a funny funny notion because they're these, these big shows about war, but then you have some narratives that jump back and forth about why war is ugly and why why it's just disgusting in general like so and we'll get to this later some of the newer stuff that they're doing is showing us both sides and it's like oh yeah this is dirty there's no good guys in this thing yeah and it feels like a non it feels like a non anime anime it, yeah. I, I feel like as gundam goes along it becomes it goes more into supernatural elements evolution like different you know what i mean but when it started out it really was just kind of two sides going at it in a galactic war also taylor what let's just define what is gundam what let's explain what gundanium is and then we can explain what the machines are well i think that's that's funny because gundam itself um is defined differently in every single show that it's been a part of <laughs> yeah um for most of us Western audience, when we first were introduced to Gundam, we were introduced to Gundam Wing. And Gundam Wing was like the fifth or sixth iteration, or maybe even more than that, of the Gundam franchise. Because it first came out in 1996 in Japan, but we got it in the year 2000. And that by that point, we were already primed and like ready for giant robots because of like Power Rangers and Voltron. Yeah, That's yeah. what like primed us and got us ready to go, right? So when Gundam came along, we're like, wait, what is, is this like superheroes? But like, 
the first I'm, trailer came out, we didn't know what was going on. I'm happy that the ex- I'm happy that the Gundam community also recognizes Gundam Wing as a good show because yeah. I can't talk about it objectively. It's so t- Taylor, pull up the image. Show the image of the boy band. Pull up the image of the boy band. Look at look at those boys. Look at those cute boys. There's a boy for every day of the week. Up front, you got your main boy. His his name is literally Hero. He blows himself up. He's a child soldier. He is insufferable, but you love him. Taylor, yeah. introduce your favorite character. Well, honestly, um, over the years, uh, I've kind of danced around with a few of them. Like these five characters are all so unique and so interesting. Like as a kid, I think my least favorite was the blonde one, Katra. Like yeah. I found him kind of annoying, but then like he goes crazy. And like, I, I was really a big fan of Duel Maxwell with his uh, his whole black uh priest and like his death scythe character uh, i really like troa with this whole like i don't know who my past is but i've got my big red gun robot um they're, they're all honestly such a unique group of characters but that was kind of what i think why it kind of appealed to western audiences first um because like rewind it a bit we gundam comes out in the 70s and it starts this idea of this the universal century of mobile suits right there's a a big war you have colonies in space and it's essentially they're like not so subtly talking about like the American Revolution. We're like you have colonies that are separating themselves from Earth that are fighting for their independence. And then you have like the Earth saying, no, 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 we made you. You belong to us. And then it like goes back and forth with like different factions of starting their own civil wars. And it, it was kind of a unique concept, but it was way over the heads of kids audiences right and just so everybody knows that has been the crux of the show ever since then basically they that conflict is so central and is such a wonderful jumping off point that they play with that idea over and over and over again and sometimes they go to mars which feels very um was it Escaflone where they were? What was the? Oh no, Zone of the Enders. Was that where they were on Mars yes. as well? Zone of the Enders. Uh, a nice little tangent there. Zone of the Enders was uh, from Hideo Kojima from Metal Gear Solid fame, and he made his own Gundam rope Gundam ma- game. It, Taylor, it's it basically kid shows yeah. up, finds a Gundam, gets inside of it, go do missions. Yeah, but it was also it was a, a rated mature game because it was dark as hell. Uh, and the first time he gets his suit, he like destroys the apartment complex his family's in. He's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Like it's it's a really dark game, but it's really great. Uh, um, the other the other giant robot anime that I mentioned was on Fox Kids, which was not well brought out. Which was Escaflone, which was like a magic robot suit, which was yeah. great, but it was very difficult to get into. And I feel like once it came out, I was I've never seen. I would like to see all of it. I've never seen all of it. Yeah, I think. A lot of like Escaflone is such a unique show, but I mean, we'll go off on a tangent there. Um, it's very much a fantasy show where you have these suits of armor, but their armors are kind of like giant robots, but they're not robots because they're magic based. So it's it's like giant robot esque with like magic. Yeah, just to say, Gundam has influenced lots of things. One of the great things about Gundams, and I feel like one of the things. As a viewer, I liked about it, as we will continue down this timeline in a second, was that they were normal. I mean, not always, but they were normal people inside of the suits trying to accomplish something. That the suit was an extension of them. Yes, they were well-trained killers or soldiers. But in the original show, he he didn't know anything. Basically, every week, he learned how to, like, turn right, and then that was the thing that saved the day. Yeah. 
So, and that was the thing. So uh, the first Gundam show, the one that we got actually a year later, and I think that was a big thing for us because we saw when Gundam Wing came out, they did its run starting in like March, I think March 6th, the year 2000. We were, I think we were in, we were in middle school. Um, it started and I think we were maybe like seventh or eighth grade in that region. Um, the, they kind of ran the whole show straight through. It wasn't like Dragon Ball Z where we had like to watch the same story arc for five years until they translated the next one. It was like they were ready and they ran it. And it was so popular that they ended up jumping in like the year after giving us the original show, which was Mobile Suit Gundam. Mobile Suit Gundam follows Armuro Ray. Um, he, his characterization, he, he's a Canadian Japanese inhabitant of a colony. His father actually made the first Gundam but Armuro ends up getting into Gundam because like his friends are like being attacked by the forces of Zeon, which were not so subtly based on like Nazi troops. And Oh, Char's robot yeah. looks like an SS robot. If you've ever seen it. Yeah. I mean, well, and, like, the Zaku's all had like those like kind of SSS helmets with like the single eye. And they had like, and, and Char was like the main antagonist of that show. And he had like the big red one. Um, but he was just a kid who was like maybe 14 or 15. He hopped in the suit and was able to figure out how it worked because it was a very simple interface. And he was able to like take down a couple of them. And then like, because the pilot wasn't around and he'd proven himself that he was in it as the first chunk of the show went on, he would, like you said, he was learning how to be a pilot while he was kind of drafted into this war. And that started, that was the whole one year war storyline for Gundam. And that carried on for pretty much like 90% of Gundam's shows. Gundam Wing, however, was a one-off side story that was its own thing unrelated to everything had some similarities with like Gundams and enemy from the colonies. And you had stuff like that, but dropping uh, 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 at some point it is talked about dropping a colony on earth. You know yeah. what I mean? A yeah, like large using scale one of the terrorist as a weapon. Right? Yeah, that happens a lot. That happens in most of the shows. Actually, they, they do that a lot. And it's kind of like, it's like, I don't know if we, we go into like doctor who or things like that. It's like, it's a constant, like every show is a variation, but there's certain constants that have to be in, in play. Ooh, Taylor, do you think that there's like a, do you think that this is like the junction point of all the universes? Like every universe starts at a different place, but at one point this action always happens and that's where it yeah. intersects on the timeline. Well, I mean like the ending of Gundam Wing where you have uh, the main bad guy, Miliardo Peacecraft, who's like launching. AKA Char, another guy in a yeah. metal, you know what I mean? Like, the metal they, mask. Yeah. He's hiding his identity to hide from like, yeah, he's um, hiding how beautiful he is because boys and boys want to be him, girls want to be him, everyone wants to be him. Yeah, yeah, no, he was such a he was such a great character, and he was like, by the time you get to the end, you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't not like you. You're like watching it, you're like, you're so good. Um, but he, he did the same thing that Shaw was essentially doing, where like, I'm gonna just throw this asteroid at Earth because like fuck the Earth, right? Like that was right. kind of something that he was, right? Um, but. That's kind of how all the Gundams went. And the Gundam like franchise as a whole is like I said, it's it's symbolism of like war is bad, but like they mask it with like showing you these these cool robots and these these like Gundam like the toys, like the models. Like everyone ended up buying these things because you spend like 10 or 15 bucks, you take this thing apart, you have let me see if I have some of this stuff. You have just like a runner sheet full of stuff like this and you pop the pieces out and then you, you make your figure and then you can pose them however you want. And I was uh, just a little in, in, inside into the past. I was never smart enough to do those. Taylor would <laughs> put on his taking back Sunday and get into the zone and start going to yeah. town on him. 
Yeah, we would um, I, we would go out to I think it was uh, comics and stuff at the mall, and we I'd buy a kit, and you'd be like, that one looks fun, and you would like sit there and watch like some show while I'm building it, and you'd like check in on me and be like, how's it coming? And I'll like have have his torso in hand and be like, cool, and you would go back to your show and like you would. Well, that was that one was of the just... cool things about Gundam as well. That even though we had Gundam Wing and now the first Gundam, all of a sudden Gundam model kits were coming out for stuff that. I don't know what G Gundam is. I don't know what uh, the Gundam with the giant shield always with the big bazooka always stands out to me of like, oh, what is that? When do we yeah, get to that? It was and ironic, sometimes we never got to them. We got that Gundam and we we're like, this one looks cool. I wonder what this one is. And that's like the first Gundam. Like they just kept giving us like. We, <laughs> right. Right. Like, so, I mean, timeline wise, thanks to Cartoon Network and Toonami, we had Gundam Wing. And then because Gundam Wing blew up, one almost a year and some change later, we had uh, like almost a simultaneous release of Mobile Suit Gundam and then Gundam uh, AthMS Team. And the AthMS Team was a much more mature show. It's so good. They're in the it's jungle, so they're sweating. There's yeah. that great fight at the city. It kind of feels like the Vietnam Gundam show. It, it, no, that's what it was. I mean, it was essentially like the Vietnam, like Apocalypse Now, but the Gundam. And um, that show they, they aired on. Toonami's Midnight Run, which is essentially now what we have is like Adult Swim, but that was the mm. first time they, they kind of got to that. Um, and then later that same year, I mean, the next year after we had that, no, no, I'm, I'm forgetting something. Later that year, I think it was around Christmas time, we got uh, the first Gundam OVA for us, which was Gundam 0080, mm. which was at the tail end of the one year war that started in Mobile Suit Gundam, following a kid on the colony. And like being kind of like seeing the war happen around his home. And you had like a, a good guy pilot and a bad guy pilot. And he was friends with both of them. And they were destined to kill each other. And it was oh. really dark premise for this yeah. little and, kid. And just so everybody knows, all of these shows, all of the pilots and their enemies are all intimately intertwined. Yeah. Whether they be family or uh, government or they all went to school together. Everybody kind of knows each other. Yeah. And... That was they, everything was personal in one way or another. It, maybe not at the beginning, but it became personal, and that was what was so unique about these shows. And what was what was great about Gundam, and we'll get to the next show in a second, where they throw everything out the window, was that it <laughs> felt like, uh, even though it was being presented, you know, the the style of storytelling was done in animation. Animation was just a vehicle to tell these stories. You know, computer graphics weren't good yet. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't really a thing. So the ability to show off a, a, a whole universe that didn't feel like a Goku monster, you know, like Goku fights the monster of the week. It felt so, it was a continuous story where we see characters have different problems and the Gundams themselves were technology. You know what I mean? We were seeing the advancement yeah. of the technology. All of that gets thrown out the window the next year when they introduce G Gundam. Yeah, G Gundam came out. Um, <laughs> I think that was actually when we started high school. G Gundam comes out. Oh, and... I have seen G Gundam. I did not watch G Gundam. Yeah, so I, I I trucked through it because I'm like, maybe maybe it'll win me over. It had some moments, but you had like you had like a Sailor Moon Gundam essentially. There's one <laughs> yeah. the girl had like a little Squirrel <laughs> Gundam. Um, essentially, the Gundam universe was like, let's just do like a one off. Let's just have some fun with it. And every country on the planet had made their own Gundam. And they were essentially doing like the Olympics. Once a year, they all have this big battle royale and the winner governs the planet for the year. And it was like, it's, it's Gundam, it's Gundam League of Legends. I can't believe yeah, that there hasn't yeah. been a Gundam League of Legends game based on this idea. 
Yeah, and it was such a ridiculous thing because, like, the American Gundam was like essentially a football player with pistols, and it yeah, was like, well, I'm like, wow, America. that's what Japan thinks of yeah, us. But yeah, that's that's pretty true. <laughs> not far off, right? It's not too far off. But and then they kind of like, it was kind of like we had this big, this uh big renaissance for Gundam in the like a three or four year span, and then it fizzled away. Like we had SD Gundam, which was like their their childish cartoonish. The Gundams were in, they weren't robots. They were like people and they had like cartoony faces and they were ridiculous. ridiculous. And that went on for a bit. And then they brought to America in 2004, when we were like getting ready to finish high school, they gave us um, Gundam Seed, which to this day is the most, most anime that this show has ever gotten. And the only time they ever went this far. Sure. Like, sure. Like everyone was like, very cartoony looking, very anime, giant eyes, like very, very like stereotypical anime. And I even remember like the first episode, they're like, how do you, how can you pilot? They're like, oh, it's just like our, our classes, um, VR sim. It was like all the kids in this class knew how to do it because of some toy. Right. And it was, yeah, sure, it was really silly. Um, it really bugged me. Um, but then we kind of like, it wasn't on TV anymore. Like Gundam Seed was it for like maybe 10, 12 years, but the stuff was still getting localized. And that was when fans were able to get like Gundam, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam's like the actual sequels, like Gundam Z and Gundam Double Z. And then you got like Char's Counterattack and like you got more of oh, the stories. Char's Counterattack, I had to go out of my way. I had to spend, I had to see it at Anime Expo. I had to go to the yeah. big room and go see it uh, subtitled because there was no, there was no theater. It wasn't translated at the time. Yeah. yeah. And that one, um, but like in general, Gundam was just that's how Gundam was, right? We we had like the popularity from the the Gunpla, we had the popularity from the the individual shows one by one, and then it went kind of nowhere. But then as I guess collectively, as the audience matured, um they started giving us the more mature stories. Like Yeah. I mean, it's it's been such an interesting time with Gundam because, I mean, it's very colorful. It's very kiddish. And I can see it's kind of like how Dragon Ball Z was. When they first released it, they censored the crap out of it. But then as it as people like collectively mature, they're like, no, we don't need to because well, the audience. Like the, yeah, and I feel the, like an, the anime going audience, I feel like Attack on Titan changed everything so much that when you look at a show like um, – Iron Blood Orphans, where that's not necessarily, that's not like Attack on Titan, but there's a lot of very heavy ideas in those shows that yeah. you're, you know, are friends, you lose a friend each week. Uh, Iron Blood Orphans, I think, reminded me the most of Zone of the Enders because it literally is people on Mars, not as strong yeah. as Earthlings and stuff like that, and having to prove their worth to, you know, the Earth people. Right. And so, I mean, with our first introduction, you had Gundam Wing, which was essentially a team of five. They were child soldiers trained from like age eight to like 14 so they could be a part of Operation Meteor and essentially free the colonies. And it was very like they just didn't they were like, OK, these are revolutionaries. But and essentially they were being terrorists until they were declared revolutionaries. And that was kind of how that show was. The main character. I mean, it's crazy that this, it's it's funny that you said the timeline. I don't know if Gundam Wing would have been popular after 9-11 because the main character tries to blow every story arc in the first couple episodes. Yeah. They're like, oh no, things are going to go bad. He's like, I guess I got to kill myself. They're like, no, 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 don't yeah. do that. No, uh, like in the first episode, I remember like some of the- The girl's having along. a birthday party. I better explode myself. Yeah, he like shows up at the, <laughs> like she's like, come to my birthday. He's like, I'll kill you. And then like immediately he's like, yeah. my suit's being discovered. I have to destroy it. 
I'm getting caught. I have to kill it. Like every, it was like, he was very much like a ride or die kind of a soldier. And he was just like, very right. I'm to die. Yeah. But, All the other ones were like, just hide it in the ocean. It's fine. Yeah, They're like, just kids. dump it for a little bit, do your yeah. thing and come back to it. Like we'll come they were back. all very, they were all very pragmatic, but it was a very unique show. And then you, like you said, you come up to like 2016 when uh, Adult Swim essentially brought back Toonami, which was such a cool thing. Uh, and they introduced us to Iron-Blooded Orphans. And like my sweater, I mean, it's the Iron-Blooded Orphans, the Tekken, and all these, these essentially, it, it became one of my favorite Gundam shows because of how heavy it was. Like it starts yeah. off. And it's yeah. two best friends who are essentially like their child soldiers. Um, I think they're only supposed to be like 15 or 16 or something. And they're very young. There was a terrible conflict on Mars where lots of people had to leave the planet hastily and they left behind a bunch of kids. Yeah. Nobody knows what to do with the kids. So the kids are used as child laborers and are <laughs> brought into mercenary groups where, you, you know, you go do your stuff and you, you, you know, you will feed you and give you clothing and stuff like that. But you're going to die. And you're going to yeah. die because we tell you you're going to go fight that battle now. Yeah, you're going to be our cannon fodder while we fight this militia thing. Like, But then and, and then you have, like, the Gundams themselves. Like, there's only, like, the main one, Barbatos. But Gun the Gundams and most of the vehicles are piloted by these enhancements where they have to have, like, this surgical modification to their spine. I'm trying. I can like, have. I have it on the tip of my tongue. The the Valea Vignana system. The yeah, the Olivignana system. system I think yeah, was like, it was such a. I was watching it the first time, and I'm like, okay, this show is different. Okay, this is weird. And like, as the show goes on, um, they eventually overthrow their captors. They they like execute the people that were torturing them. They start their own their own army, and then they like. Trug out the then they as... find out, Taylor, that when you're an army, you have to make tough decisions. Yeah, and there's a lot of politics in it. There's a lot of like, um, okay, so how are we going to feed ourselves because we haven't taken any jobs yet? So let's take a security job so we can get like, it was very like mature and it was very interesting watching these these kids who had this like, we're going to be free and we're going to do our own thing. And they're like, oh my God, now we have to be adults. And it was like a very unique show and it's very dark. And unlike a lot of the other Gundam shows, it holds no punches. Like you said, characters die all the time. It's almost like Game of Thrones with Gundams, where if you'd like a character, expect them to die because it's very rough. Well, the other nice thing about Iron Blood Orphans and something that the other shows, uh, as again, everyone knows each other through royalty or bloodlines. This was a show of unknown characters to the no one in the universe knows who they are and they build up this name of Tekadin, of which you as the audience get to go along with them as well yeah which was it 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 makes me excited for the future of gundam it makes me excited yeah. for what comes next year from gundam because i feel like they're playing with some really great stories uh this is a very hard this is a very hard diversion have you seen any of the cg char movies that they've been doing Yes, uh, so we'll get to that actually. Um, because those I, are great, those have been so wonderful, yeah. Um, and that's actually something uh that I wanted to. So, after Iron Blooded Orphans comes out, that essentially reignited like fans are like, Holy crap, Gundam is great again! And they, Toonami Adult Swim, they brought it back, and just like you said, they go straight into, I mean, what's their next project, Gundam Unicorn, and then yeah. what's after that, yeah, uh, Gundam Unicorn is to kind of before we go into that uh, timeline uh, Gundam Unicorn is essentially the end of the one year war it's like 
after everything that happened in Mobile Suit Gundam, everything happened to Shars Counterattack. That's all canon to this show, and it's years later. Oh, we and... have to give the big. We have to give the big spoiler though. We have to give the spoilers. If you don't want to know this, like skip ahead like two minutes, just so just so everyone else knows. Um, yeah. As people have been going into space, uh, human beings are evolving into what are known as new types, where there are psychic beings, and these psychic children are better at piloting Gundams because they can use all of these extra, these ESP abilities and stuff like that. And that's now fully being integrated into the Gundams, of which we have a new Gundam that goes, basically, for lack of a better term, goes Super Saiyan, correct? Like, there's times that the yeah. Gundam just wakes up? No, like, so, and that was the thing. And, and I think the biggest twist about that show was that uh, uh, the OVA for Unicorn was that Essentially, Char and all of the bad guys, it was like, okay, they're not wrong. And that was like the whole twist was that the whole war was started because humans were scared of being like destroyed, essentially. And it was such a unique, like, it was basically saying, yeah, the principality of Xeon, they were bad guys, but they were not, they were not the cause of the bad stuff. Like, it was a very unique, like... I, it's hard to really describe how that show, it legitimized the bad guys, but also like said, everyone's bad here. Well, and, and as we, as we move past this to July 6th of 2009, when we see Gundam origins, which is basically seeing like, oh, well, let's hear all the different bad guys. Let's hear all of their different thought processes. And it's yeah, so not one size fits all. There's a lot of people that have to join them because of, you know. Because of peace treaties and stuff like that. Yeah. So Mobile Suit Gundam Origin or Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin, that came out as like it's it's so it's such a unique show because it is a prequel to Mobile Suit Gundam that kind of butts up right to the beginning of Mobile Suit Gundam. Like to the point where some of the characters in the show they overlap right there, right to the end. See, that's what I'm and, thinking of. I'm thinking of all the overlap characters because as I was watching it, I'm like, this is basically just another, it's just Gundam from the other end of the coin. Yeah, it was. And that was the thing. It, it focuses on Char, gave all the backstory for Char. And it was one of those shows where like, if you're watching it, you're like, okay, um, so is who's the bad guy? Because clearly Char is not who we thought he was. Right? And they do such a I mean, and, and like you said, it brings in the CGI. Like that was the first show that they of the Gundam main timeline where they basically didn't animate into suits. They just did everything CGI, and it was pretty great. They do it right? really well. They, it, it integrates very well. It looks good. It yeah. looks very good. And it was kind of like I kind of want them to go back and redo some of the stuff, but at the same time, now we have what what's coming this year for 2022 is Mobile Suit oh, I Gundam. Don't know. I, I oh. didn't know. What are we getting this year? This is all news to me. It is actually... Um, so initially, so to kind of give some backstory, um, there was an episode of the original Mobile Suit Gundam that was animated so poorly that it became memes nowadays, right? It was just so bad. Um, but the story was really significant. And then when it was... When the Mobile Suit Gundam show was adapted into movies, they cut it all out, right? Now they're giving us that episode as a full length movie, man. Look how good. Look at the render yeah. on that suit. Like, look how, like, that's exactly, 
the way I want that suit. And also, there's a lot of great Gundam suits, and they all play off this model. But like, this is this is the OG suit. This is what this it is looks like. Gundam. Yeah, it's like you said, the bazooka, the big shield. That's the one everyone thinks of when they think Gundam. Is that's the main one. Um, so that this movie is coming out um, later this year in Japan, presumably uh, next year, or maybe the end of this year for us. Um, but it it's going to be our our like our our big Gundam movie for this year. But one thing that I kind of wanted to bring up, and I told you before, was um, Netflix got really big into Gundam the last few years. Oh, uh, their numbers have got to be super high on this stuff. And they absolutely know what people are watching. And I yeah. think I rediscovered Gundam through Netflix and was texting you and being like, hey, do you know about this show? Is this show good? So I think that was actually that they... how I saw Iron-Blooded Orphans. I didn't watch it on uh, Adult Swim. I watched it on Netflix and I just powered through that thing in like two days. It's too like, bingeable. Just... The way that they, the way yeah. that they pilot those episodes, you're so you're so in that storyline you just yeah. want to know what happens and it was just one of those things um i mean netflix they they knew they were they had a hit there so what did they do they produced uh and they brought us over um gundam hathaway which was another story within the main gundam timeline uh, featuring and and this is probably the most controversial aspect of this movie was that the main character uh, Hathaway is the son of Hathaway Light from the original Gundam show, like the main soldier guy that was helping Amuro, like the, the pilot of the oh, ship, like the captain. I saw that's the movie where they're on the airplane and they're like, yeah. there's a bunch of intrigue, and then on the on the resort, there's the girl and she's dancing. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's a great that's a great movie. That's a really solid movie. Yeah. And this movie, Gundam Hathaway, comes out, and you very quickly realize that this kid who was a character in Charles Counterattack, who was like this little kid in that movie is now a terrorist and right. he is like not to like go into too many spoilers but like the manga that this is based on is very grim in the later parts mm. so the first the movie we got was literally chapter one of three right and right it's going to get very dark very quickly but he steals a gundam he announces that he's going to basically like fight everybody at that point and basically be like nope yeah you're all gonna die because this war is pointless and i'm going to be a terrorist to prove this war is pointless and like it's really dark, but it's another one of those who's the actual who's the good guy here, who's the bad guy here? Because this new third party is mixed in the middle of it, and he's like, You're all evil to hell with you all. I and, don't know anything about this Netflix deal. I'm gonna let you know. I bet Netflix is throwing a ton of money at this yeah. because for years you've heard of different big directors in the West wanting to do a Gundam movie for mm -hmm. a real long time. After a Steven Spielberg's name was he was going to do a Gundam movie that never happened. Gundam did show up though in his Ready, Ready Player, Player One. One movie, which was great. But even that was just an homage to that. Uh, you were the That's one who to you were the one who told me about this project. What are they doing? So um, I, I wanted to I wanted to throw up real fast just that uh that, that teaser one. image. No, not even that. I wanted to bring up. Uh, that moment in Ready Player One that kind of introduced Gundam to a lot of people. You um, think so? Because... You think that was the thing? No, I mean, I don't think it was necessarily the thing, the thing. But I think, um, for instance, when I was watching this movie in theaters, when this moment happened, when he said, form of Gundam, and he became the RX-78, the first Gundam, and that pops up on the screen, and you have like 60 seconds of Gundam fighting Mega Godzilla, there was a lot of people, my son included, who said, 
what's that? That looks dope. And I had to, I was like, let me show you this rabbit hole. And I introduced him to Gundam <laughs> because of that movie. Um, but there is this like gun like Netflix, like I said, they they put out uh, Hathaway, they came out with that. And now uh John Voigt Roberts, John Vogt Roberts, the director of Kong Skull Island. I call him JVR. All of his friends call him yeah. JVR. I'm gonna call okay. him JVR. Okay. Um, he is making a Gundam movie and it's gonna be standalone, it's not gonna be tied to anything. He said it's gonna have like a lot of the feeling from the original show, but it's going to be its own thing. And whether that be, it's the start of the one year roar, whether we're going to get original characters, whether it's going to be based on an armor archetype, who knows? But the only thing that they did show us was a piece of concept art, concept art, which is to me, it, it doesn't seem like concept art. That to me, that looks like, like, um, that just showing off that a <laughs> right? hundred, that hundred percent looks like when, the bad guys show up and attack the factory and somebody has to get in the Gundam and turn it on. Clearly yeah. the Gundam is not finished yet, but it's beam saver is going to be intact and we're going to see it go to town on some people. Yeah. And when this picture dropped on the internet, I was like, all right, I'm ready. My body is ready. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> Taylor's got yeah. all the buttons today. You like, got all the buttons. That. When I saw that image, I'm like, all right, I'm in. I'm all in. If it's if it's 90 minutes, if it's two and a half hours, if it's a five-hour epic, I'm in. I'm ready to see this whole thing because to me, it's like Gundam was always this really cool anime, but it never transcended beyond that. And Okay, okay. Uh, what other points do you have? Because I want to talk about what do we want to see in this, sh in this show, in this movie, and what don't we want to see? Because I feel like... One of the things that I dislike about many of the, some of the, like, in Avengers, when Captain America is like, oh, we got to go fix that propeller over there. I really hate video game missions in movies. Yes. Uh, the last Star Wars movie has a bunch of, like, Poe, you got to go here and blow this thing up. How, like, I don't want any of that. I want... I I agree. I don't want character. I don't want. I just want characters dealing with this stuff and seeing making an Oppenheimer like weapon, like them realizing, like, oh my god, we've brought giant robots and now they're going to be a thing. Right, and the thing is, I the Gundam itself was not the first mobile suit. The Gundam was Earth's response to what Zeon had created. And they're was, they're they're fucking crazy World War One looking uh, robots yeah. that they're and killing then, people with. But at the same time, they had the same similar effect. Like we made the Gundam, we made this indestructible suit. Holy crap! The paradigm has shifted, and we are now the problem. Like that was one of those moments that I want to see in the movie. Um, I, well, and I also want to see. I also want to see. You know, we have to see the scene where the person sitting, they're sitting inside the cockpit, and they're like, "What? I'm gonna blow up this whole planet if you don't tell me." We have to see. I feel like. See, people keep thinking about the giant anime Gundam parts. The whole, the best part of the show is seeing them in this cockpit. They're talking to each other. The screens like, boop, 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 boop. like, what do you want? This is what the show has to be. We have to see lots of inside cockpit things. Hundred percent. I think they're hundred percent going to do like an Iron Man Robert Downey Jr. scene where he's like, instead of him being in the helmet, you're going to see the pilot in the suit and be like, like doing its thing, pressing oh, the keys. You're going to see you, that. I'll take you one step further, Taylor. I think that Netflix should spend the fucking money 
and build like a Mandalorian set. So there's different cockpits for the different Gundam shows. For a very long time, you kind of look like the nerd guy from uh, the South Park episode. They sit in a they sit in a thing. They have stuff right here. Um, later on, though, the suits kind of become like gyro cockpits where they go different directions. I think if you can build a real set that moves and you can see these actors move around in real time space, I think that's that's oh, yeah. the direction. Oh, yeah. I feel like, and I know that that's not what that what the original Gundam has, but in terms of like visual storytelling, that's what it's got to be. And if if they're gonna do one movie, they're gonna do two. And if you're yeah. gonna do two, you why might not well do three? Why not do three? <laughs> right. And I hope that they have a. Th- I hope that they have thought about this. That the first movie isn't building to a second movie. I would love each of these to feel like their own pieces of a puzzle. Yeah. Like, like a proper trilogy, not a an incomplete story, but a branching like next what happens next what is the next the next jump like at the end of batman begins like what is the escalation that leads to the next adventure oh you so you mean at the end of the first gundam episode uh someone pulls out a card with a joker on it and says this guy showed up to town (laughs) oh no char is here oh no what's this oh well for sure so i'm like i don't want some like zinger where you're like oh now they got to make another one but i want them to like basically be like self-aware like the gundam is here the war is changing the enemy is going to respond and then the next movie is like the empire strikes back the enemy's response to this new paradigm shift and then the third one is like the final battle where like they're at their peaks on both sides and it's like shar's counterattack. like here's the end of the war it's so funny that a king kong director is getting involved with this because you know later in the show it's there's now five Gundams and there's five bad guys. But the, the idea that the Gundam is so powerful, I would love that idea of seeing the Gundam go against three mobile suits. You know what I mean? Like they're throwing no, their you, cracker you know bombs that. and they're pulling out the they're pulling out the giant uh, axes and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, that's what I also loved about the initial Gundam show was if you remember the Xeon. That all their weapons were bullets. They had axes. They had like, they were all very physical weapons. Literal they, grenades. Like literally yeah. just giant grenades. Yeah. And then the Gundam comes out and it's like, I got a beam saber. And they're like, what is that? And he's like cutting them in half. And it's like, yeah. that started the paradigm shift for the war when they introduced beam weapons. And I would like to see that in this new movie with, with Netflix. I want to see, I don't want them to jump right into it. Like you said, like the full 3D cockpit, like, Armoro started with the chair and the screens and the pedals. And then by the Char's counterattack with his new Gundam, he was in the, the seat with the full dome of like the full th- like cameras around everything where he was fully rotating. And like he was part of the suit. It was not quite like Pacific Rim where he's punching and swinging, but he was integrated in a way that the suit was responding to him more so than just pressing a keyboard uh if you do like punching and kicking that was that g gundam i didn't watch in high school that's yeah. completely punching and kicking now ironically like we we joke about like i loved pacific rim for what it was but pacific rim was essentially evangelion and g gundam mixed together well <laughs> like, i was just i was just about to say that to you you know evangelion is the other giant robot in the room kind of deal especially at that early levels where you know gundam was this great storyline with this overarching thing where Evangelion goes just inward. 
just, I mean, the, the, the original ending to the show, it's like, oh, you wanted a big anime battle? No, that's not what you're getting. We're going to sit on a train now. We're going to do a bunch of these. We do a We're bunch gonna of psychologically mess with you. We're going to show you all the things that's wrong with you as a character. We're going to psychoanalyze you. And then you're going to choose if you want the world to end. Well, like, and, but and Blood Orphan with them plugging in feels very Ava. How yeah. Ava do you want this movie to go? Because I, I don't, don't think I don't feel like they should. I feel like that's where it ends up. Where yeah. all of this ends up is man fusing with the machine, but that's not where it starts out. Right. I want it to be very simple at the beginning, and I want that to be the uh, the escalation. Because one of the other shows that I want to bring up uh, as a tangent. Oh, is, I have a show I want to bring up on a tangent too. Continue. Yeah, is um. It's actually going to be so Gundam.info is their official YouTube. And this week, they're actually, uh, or that last week, so because of their subscriber base, they released 10 Gundam movies for free for everyone to watch on YouTube. And they're like the, a dope movie. Like they're oh. super good movies. Oh. One movie that I want you to watch, if you can yeah. get onto it, I'm going to do it. Um, Gundam Thunderbolt. That that was an OVA, and it's a multiple, multiple part OVA where basically you have the good guys and the bad guys telling like it's showing both sides of the war and their escalation of like what they're doing. And the bad guys, they can't like the Xeon forces, they start this radical technology where they're essentially amputating their soldiers, giving them cybernetic enhancements and plugging them physically into the suit. So they were, it was yeah. so dark when I was watching this. I'm like, Oh my God, this is, this is bad. Cause like you see sequences where he's like, I need to be faster. And you're like, they're cutting his arm off and putting like, like a Star Wars plug into his arm, and he's like yeah. jacking into the suit, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, Thunder Thundercats in that show too, just plugging people up and fixing their yeah. bellies with robots." No, it it's an it's a gnarly show, but then also on the good guy side, one of the characters is a huge like jazz fan, so there's sequences of fights where jazz music is playing while they're fighting, and I'm like, "This is just really cool to watch," and it's gorgeous and it's really fresh, and it's only a few years old. Like they're still working on like part three, I think. Um, it's very new, but. I want that kind of thing to be part of this escalation for this Netflix movie versus the bad guys testing out the dark stuff. Like uh, how far are they willing to go to win the war kind of a thing? I want them to treat this not like them doing an anime in real life, which I feel like is where they kind of miss the mark with um, the Cowboy Bebop show. Yeah. I want this to be a really good science fiction movie that stands on its own, that also happens to have delicious giant robots in it. And yeah. in terms of that storyline, I feel like they should look into the beats of that battle, that Battlestar Galactica remake, that sci-fi mm -hmm. ver. I feel like there's so many beats of that show and the original Gundam show of like, we're on this white, right? We're the last of this remnants. We have to keep going. We're trying to, you know, keep everyone alive. Yeah. That urgency, I would love for them to get in there. Now, the picture of the burning factory makes me think that's not going to be the case. And we're probably going to take a step back and see the development. Yeah. That makes me think we're going to see an attack at the factory and maybe Armuro's dad gets in there, or maybe another scientist gets in there to keep this technology from falling into the bad guy's hands. Yeah. But I, I personally think that's going to be part of the opening act, right? Where just like the first episode of Gundam, the colonies are now being attacked. They're running to shelter the bad guys are ripping over in this factory. The main character is trying to find his dad. This, who's un, working this on the half team. undead, this half, not undead, undone Gundam shows up and yeah. tries its best to keep them away. Right. And the kid is like, he finds his dad and like everyone's in danger and he finds the cockpit. He hops in, fights the bad guys. And then they take that and the parts and get on the ship. Like, I feel like that's going to be the intro to this movie. Um, 
which and I hope they do. The rest of the movie should be them on the ship talking about this, talking about how awful this is. What are the things that you left behind making those relationships and then have a wonderful space battle in the third act? No, I, I want them to do more than what, cause like one of the great things about Gundam was that as the show kept going, Armuro kept teetering with this like almost level of arrogance where he's like, I'm the pilot. I can do whatever I want. And like, I want to see that in the middle of the movie. I want to see him go out there saying, I've got the Gundam. I'm going to win. And then just get his butt kicked. And then Ooh, we, do you think we end the movie with him in the stockades? We see, we see him in the, we see him at the beginning of the next movie with him in chains. And he's like, once I get him my Gundam, you're all going to regret this. I, I don't want that. Maybe that's for like <laughs> a cool end part two ending where like they get to like the final battle. Amuro has been captured. Yeah. But um, I want to see like, I want to see the character grow throughout this thing. And movie starts. He gets the suit, he gets arrogant, gets knocked down a notch, and then the final battle is him, like, overcoming himself and the enemy. Like, I want that to be, like, the three arc for this thing. And then part two comes along, the bad guys have now studied the Gundam, they have a suit of their own. Do you think we get, uh, so uh, there was the original Gundam and then there was a couple other ones. Do you think we get gun cannon in that movie? Or do you think we get the 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 long-range <laughs> sniper Gundam in the I, next one? I would love to see, like, gun cannon in those other ones. I, I want to see, like, the fact that so Gundam, what made the first show unique, like we brought up, Zeon had the mobile suits and the Earth Federation was only making these like essentially tanks with arms. And that was the thing that they had. They're like, we got this, not really working, but we got this. And then the Gundam comes out and they're like, oh, so we're the B squad now. <laughs> and like, that's right. But they were still his backup. They were still useful because they were giant tanks. Um, I do want support units. And I think we could 100% make this happen. I mean, I don't know what the budget that Netflix is putting into the show. Yeah. But Jordan was able to give us Kong Skull Island on $180 million. And I, I'm not, that's not like, that's a huge budget, but it's also not huge for like Netflix standards now. And there's no way they're going to give him $200 million. He's going to get maybe a hundred million, maybe a hundred million dollars. And Two-thirds of that is going to be the CG budget because the Gundam has got to look good. If the, if everything else looks good and the Gundam doesn't look to 2023 CG standards, it's going, yeah. the, it's going to be dead on arrival. It will be, yeah. But I, I, I trust that he's going to pull it off. I, I trust that he will give us, if he stays in the project, because we know in Hollywood, everyone just dips out of everything. But if this project happens... um. I have faith that he's going to pull it off because Kong Skull Island, I loved it. I loved some of the action sequences. Like, like just imagine like the ending of Kong Skull Island where he's fighting like the big skull crush or whatever. And he's got like the chains and he's whipped like that whole dynamic fight. Just imagine two mobile suits. And I'm like, there we go. That's what I wanted. Yeah. Maybe we see the suits go at it in like one of the mining colonies or something like that. Yeah. Have them go through caves and stuff like that. Listen, I hope that like you said, this this passionate director who has wants to spearhead this project and clearly has a vision for it. I hope that he can stay on it and that we don't pivot to somebody else. Uh, and that the only anime thing about the show is the suits themselves and everyone else can be cast from all over the world. And we can have a great dynamic cast that doesn't have people wearing weird wigs. I feel like yeah. anime movies are like, oh, put a weird wig on it. That's anime. And it's like, no, yeah. that's get that shit out of here, please. Yeah, no, and I, I one thing that I don't want to see, and like maybe this will just be my kind of closing remarks on this. Oh, okay. Um, 
I love, I love anime. I love being a fan of the medium. One of my least favorite aspects of any adaptation is when you get these like keyboard warriors who basically say that's not accurate because it's not Japanese. Armuro Ray is Canadian. Like Hiro Yui is a colony character, right? But Duo Maxwell is clearly a white dude. Uh, Troy Barton is clearly a white dude. Katra Rebobber Winner is like German or like he's Eastern European, right? Like you have the Gundam medium has always been about this is the world and kind of like Attack on Titan where 90% of the characters in Attack on Titan are based on German people. And there's like that one unicorn of a Japanese character. But I don't want the internet to like freak out and say every character needs to be Japanese because that's not even what the source material is. I'll take it one step further. I don't know. I think we said this earlier. This should be its own Gundam timeline. Yeah. I would love for this to be the introduction of the introduction of the Gundam, and then maybe the next movie we see the attack on, right? The Zeon, the 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 terrible army attacks the city, and maybe we see more Gundam then. Make this its own cinematic universe. Bring people into Gundam that don't know anything about it, because then they're going to go back and watch all those other shows. Because yeah. at the end of the day, the goal is to get a live-action Gundam Wing movie. And people aren't going to be with me on this, but at the end of the day, that's what I want to see. And maybe that's the show we see, a 12-episode something, because that story is much bigger. But there are so many great stories in this universe to tap. And if they don't want to tap them, then just be inspired by them and make your own Great. This is the movie universe. This is the MCU of Gundam. It's the right the the GCU. Let's make it happen because I want it. I want JVR to make a GCU on Netflix and we're all going to love it. Taylor, I know you don't want to do this, but I'm going to force you to do it. What are the pitfalls that this could run into? If the, the if the battles feel uninspired or feel like Saturday morning cartoons, that's a fail. To me, like for instance, um, Scott Pilgrim versus the world succeeded by being goofy because that was the right. source material. Cowboy Bebop took a page out of Scott Pilgrim and not, and didn't really do the source material the same justice. Like, so Oof. it was more Scott Pilgrim than it was Cowboy Bebop. And that's essentially why I believe it failed. I want, I want the director to just take it seriously. Like you said, make it like Battlestar Galactica, treat it like legitimately, it's a complex notion of why war is evil. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't add silly jokes every few seconds. Let it be serious. Let the audience feel for these characters. Let it be dark. And then let it be awesome when it's not. Like Just like Benicio Del Toro said in The Last Jedi, he sells the weapons to both sides. It's a complex sort of universe out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know you like to bring that up because like I, I i have so many issues with that movie but do you really i think that's the best of the three that's the one that i have the least amount of issues with i we can go into for hours i have so it's many not, issues with this the is the gundam episode we'll have yeah. to do what we'll have to do a point of a zero zero one point and a half to talk about all the terrible star wars decisions yeah and but anyways i i want them just to take it seriously i don't want them to like cartoon it up i don't want them to think that they have to make it goofier i don't want it i don't want it to be speed racer i don't want it to be scott pilgrim but i want it to be like nolan's the dark knight like where you treat the character so well and so seriously that when you finish the movie you're like oh wait there's a superhero in this okay yeah yeah 
Like, see, now you're freaking me out, though. Now you're going to make me think that those Netflix executives are going to be like, let's get the Stranger Thing kids into space. You, tall kid, you're Amaro. You, you're this kid. Curly hair guy, you're that guy. Robot girl, you're going to be a robot. I don't think they'll do that, that cast like at all, but I think there will be something similar where you have a younger group of cast where they treat it very seriously. Like, okay, here's a bunch of 16-year-olds, but then you have the supporting cast. Like, we got Gary Oldman as the pilot. Like, I would love to see something like, Gary Netflix Oldman would be a great like pilot to teach all the kids what to yeah. do. Like a hardened war guy who's like, no, that's not how this is. And they're like, but we've got the mobile suits. So we're going to do it our way. And he's like, okay, why don't you fail? I'm going to be the master splinter and teach you the right way to do things. Yeah. And I'll take it one step further as well. I, I know that they're always, it's always the hero journey, but if we see the main character's uncle call him to adventure and then die by the bad guy so that he hops in the suit. It just feels overplayed. There's another way to start this off. Find something else that doesn't feel like Star Wars A New Hope, that doesn't feel like Aragon, that doesn't fit that dumb dragon movie. That's not, that always, doesn't feel like Moana where it's always the main character that called action. There's gotta be another way to get that in there. I think they, they should do it kind of like what they did with the first Gundam show where, Armro, his dad made the suit. He thinks his dad died in a battle he was a part of. And then when he finds out his dad was alive, his quest is to find his dad. So like do something like that where you don't don't kill the character, but make him a motivation to like, I need to be better so I can get him back from the bad guys. Like I didn't do enough research for today's episode. If this moves forward, let's do a casting episode before the cast gets revealed. <laughs> because there are some names of some people I think we could get for this show that would be fantastic. Brian yeah. Cranston would be great on a because I mean there's a big Star Wars element, right? When they the ship battles, everyone's gotta move to the left and oh no, we got hit by another laser cannon. Yeah, that stuff is fun. No, and I believe they could pull it off. I mean, if they could get Brian Cranston to play Zordon, I'm pretty sure they can get him in a Gundam show. Absolutely. If he's taking Zordon money, he's going to take Gundam money. Yeah. But no, um, I mean, final thoughts? What, what do you what do you see from Gundam? I'm, I'm sad that this didn't get the bump to cinemas because this talking of a budget, if this was going, if Legendary was making this Gundam movie, you know its budget would be... 250 plus you know what i mean um i hope uh my final thoughts are a lot of people have been working on gundam a lot of really great artists and authors and you know it has a very rich history please tap into those people and look and lean on their expertise um for delving out this universe there's so much out there that you can draw from just choose the one that you like and commit to it and don't lose the human story through the robot fighting. We're, we're coming for the we're, we're coming for the robot fighting. I know that's going to be there. Now solidify all those relationships. That would be my only thing. Make it a make uh, it a, you want, make it make You want to hear something that's going to blow your mind hole right now? Yeah, what's going to go in my mind hole? Yeah, I want it. Give it to me. So the production company that's making this Gundam show aside from Netflix is Sunrise, the original company that makes Gundam forever. Yeah. And great. Legendary Pictures. Oh, I got <laughs> Okay, so, they got in there. Good job, Legendary. Yeah. yeah, Legendary and Sunrise are teaming up with Netflix to make this, which is why I have faith in this, because Legendary you doesn't... tell me... Okay, okay, so then here's, here's, here's my prediction. Or no, here's not my prediction. Let's go back to what I just said, because you've now just alleviated those fears. Um, let... 
Let JVR's vision stand. Let him come in there and tell the story he wants to tell. And if you like it, great. Now go tap somebody else to do another version. Yeah. Now go bring someone else in or some guy at Sunrise I've never heard of. Or if you want to do a Japanese cast over on over in Japan and bring it out here, great. But let's let someone's full vision of what this can be. Because I like that we have Sunrise. I like that Legendary's on there. Let's not – I'm going to go back and – I'm going to go back to what I just said. Let's not get too many cooks in the kitchen here. Yeah. Because Bebop felt like everyone put their two cents in. And then afterwards you're like, this doesn't taste good. Yeah. But I honestly, like I said, I'm happy for this project. I want to see it. I want to see it succeed. Um, I have been a Gundam fan for over 20 years, as you know, and I I want to I want to be able to watch this movie. Like if it's not like rated R, I want to be able to watch this on the couch with my son and be like, that is the moment. Like what I want him to experience the first time I saw Gundam. That because kids today, I mean, we feel old saying this. Kids today. They're not wowed by things anymore. Oh, 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 quick, quick tangent, because you're talking about your kids. None of these robots can transform. They can do that in maybe the second or the third movie. No, no, Taylor. No, maybe, maybe different forms. Maybe the head changes or something, but no transforming. I think if they're going to make it transforming, it's got to be like the first Gundam, where the, the chest of the Gundam is like a plane that hooks into the harness. And that's about it. That's as far as it goes. Okay. But if it's an, if if this Gundam at a certain point transforms into a lion and roars, I'm not. I'm turning the I'm turning the fucking yeah, movie. Up. I'll be like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm nope, gonna, I go, no, no, thank you. That's enough of that. Going back to something else now. Like they went full Power Rangers. Not ready for this. If he goes, hey, it's Gundam time, and it does a thing. I'm out, Taylor. I'm not gonna even watch the rest of the movie. I'm turning it off. Yeah, he takes off his belt buckle, the key to use the suit. <laughs> and like, Gundam. Oh, and like, oh what's in. the name of that dumb robot that's always with him? Oh, <laughs> his, ball, his ball, his ball boy. Oh my God. I, I'm just drawing a blank. If uh, he, if he puts a magic power ring inside of the ball robot and turns it on and then the robot comes, I'm, t- I'm out. If they treat it serious, I'm totally down for it. Oh, what is that little thing? What is that dumb um, ball robot's name? I'm just going to bug me for days. <laughs> no, it's okay. This is good for podcasting. Let's do some, do some Googling. What's the ball robot in Gundam? You can find it. <laughs> I believe you can find it. I'm real Ray. <laughs> He's got a, you know, what's funny is that robot feels, it's funny that those type of things never took off. Cause that's as, that looks like BB-8. You know what I mean? That looks like any of those fun Star Wars robots. Oh, my computer's working out. We, we don't have time. This is just going to be a mystery. They'll have to put it in the comments. We can't do it. There's no way to do it. There's no way to know. No, it's frustrating because I have a cup <laughs> of the robot. Like, I have one of those, like, mugs that have, like, you put the cap on it. Um, I found it. I found it. I found it. His name is Haro. Oh, my God. Haro. Yep. And he's always like, Amaro, Amaro. And he's like jumping around with his little arms. But he's essentially BB-8 with arms and legs. Yeah, he's like a, he's like a little flapping BB-8. All right, your yeah. final thoughts on this, Taylor, because you're the reason. You're, you, you'll probably have some better thoughts than me. I mean, again, I think I've said him a few times. I I am glad that Jordan Roberts, is, Jordan Vote Roberts is behind this because he is a fan. But he's also not. He's not a fanboy as much as he is a he's he's a fan, but he also knows how to craft a good story. And I I have I have faith that 
this may be one of the few times anime is adapted properly. And I mean, we have as many misfires as we've had in the last few years. I feel like we're getting into this anime adaptation revolution in a way, like the Renaissance period, where we're now getting quality projects. And, uh, and if you would, and if you'd like to know some of those examples, go look at the live action Ronin Kenshin movies that they've done. Oh, so good, so um, good. Uh, here's a prediction for you: There's going to be a scene when the Gundam is falling from the space battle, and its thrusters are out, so it takes its beam saber and like cuts a mountain in half, and it's like ah, and like goes down the side of a mountain, and we see the Gundam hanging there. I, I could see it. Yeah, I, I it's going to be it's it's very Wolverine, but I think we're going to get some fun Wolverine stuff with the uh, with the one. It's going to be gratuitous, but we're all going to be for it. We'll be so for it. <laughs> Anyways, well, thanks again for coming on. Um, next time we will we'll find a new fun topic to talk about, or we will just uh, go right into just doing the podcast. I was about to say this isn't a Gundam show. We're not going to talk more. I mean, maybe we'll hit more Gundam. I don't know. There's, yeah, there's I mean, going to be more news for. We Gundam could probably now, do though. like a three part. Let's talk about Evangelion and how much that messes up as kids. But yeah, we could do that. I mean, have you watched? Anyways. Have you watched all the? Have you watched the Amazon ones? Are you caught up to those? Oh no, I've watched all of it. I mean, okay. I I'm of the mindset that there's three timelines and all three of them are canon and they all just build off the last one. So I. I think so too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we anyways, can't do this here. Anyways, we can't do this anyways, here. We'll do this another time. Distracted. Uh, <laughs> thank you again, everyone, for coming and enjoying our show. Um, if you want to support the show, uh, we do have our Patreon is back up and live. Uh, Patreon.com slash CultureNerd. I want to thank everyone who's been a part of the show. Um, our credits, obviously, my myself, Taylor Murphy, Michael Santel, my co-host. Our two Patreon supporters currently, Wesley H. and Oscar uh, Oscar B., and our intro was created by Mr. Vega Official, who is just absolutely great at what he does. Uh, thank you again for joining us, everyone. If you like Gundam, get on, uh, throw it in the comments. Tell me what you love about it. If you've never seen it, uh, hop on Netflix, check them out, go on Crunchyroll or Funimation. There's a lot of Gundam out there for you to try. Every one of them is a good starting point. Or if you want to go full completionist, uh, start at the beginning and work your way through them all. But again... Thank you, everyone, for joining us, and have yourself a wonderful night. Good night, Taylor. Good night.